0: Hey, everybody, this is the Drive On Podcast, where we talk about issues affecting veterans after they get out of the military. I'm your host, Scott DeLuzio, and now let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Drive On Podcast. Uh, Before we get started, I just wanted to take a minute to ask a quick favor from the people who are listening. Uh, So, the point of this podcast is to help veterans through sharing stories like the one we're about to hear today, Um, but it can't really help if no one hears the story. So, If you would hit pause for a second and head on over to drive on podcast forward slash subscribe, where you can find links to subscribe uh, to the show and review the show on your favorite uh, podcasting app. And if you wouldn't mind taking a second to share the podcast on social media, or even directly to a friend who you think might benefit by listening to the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. All right. So today, my guest is uh, Steve Alvarez. Uh, we served together in the Connecticut Army National Guard, and we deployed together to Afghanistan in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. But that wasn't his only trip to the, the Middle East, uh, which I'm sure he'll discuss uh, here in a bit. Um, but Steve, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know you and, and uh, kind of let people know who you are?
1: How you doing, Scott? First of all, man, thanks a lot for having me here. And it's really Absolutely. good to your voice um and i feel it's an honor to be on this show first and foremost i really appreciate this um yeah like uh like you pretty much hit the nail on the head with the introductions um steve alvarez i served uh from july 27th of 1999 until july 27th of 2016 um i left the military as an e6 staff sergeant and um I rose up to the ranks from private e nothing all the way up to staff sergeant, um, took many roles throughout the military, and uh, the military was my full-time job, and um, yeah, like Scott said, Scott and I deployed back to Afghanistan together in 2010, and uh, before that, I went to Iraq from March of '04 till, or December of '04 was the up until May of 2005.
0: Awesome. January, All right. January so,
1: 2004.
0: Yeah. Jan- okay. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, so, anyways, um, I, part of the show, you know, we, we like to talk about the, the, the struggles that sometimes, uh, some vets have gone through and, and some of the ways that they kind of work their way out of, of those struggles and, and the coping mechanisms and, and all those types of things. So, um, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about kind of your background, maybe some of the struggles that you went through, uh, you know, either during your time in the military, you know, during, during that, that time period, cause that's, that certainly was, uh, you know, a significant length of time to be, uh, you know, in the military and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially with two deployments, you you had, you had some stuff going on, I'm sure. Um, but even, uh, you know, after, uh, uh, the military, after getting out, I'm I'm sure a lot of people have transition issues and things like that. So I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe there, there might've been some, some of those types of things too. So, so what were some of those struggles that maybe you went through, uh, that, that you might want to share, uh, with with the, the people who are listening?
1: Well, I think, um, I think, excuse me, the biggest struggle I have now when I look back at it is I, I see myself when I was younger as like, I didn't have much perspective if I could say at best. Um, I was very, uh, you know, when I enlisted at 17 years old, I was very tunnel vision pretty much, you know, through the next 15, 16 years of my life. And, uh. I'd say the biggest thing, one of the struggles about getting out was um, just kind of figuring it out again and just really trying to figure out where to start and really trying to find who you truly are. That was a huge struggle.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely – sort of relate with that and and i have also through through this podcast and talking to other other veterans i i found that like that's you're not unique with that like uh there's definitely other other veterans who felt the same uh type of uh thing when they they got out that um you know you're you're in the military and your your day-to-day is is basically planned for you you know you
1: you Mm -hmm. absolutely wake up at
0: a certain time you do PT at a certain time, you come, come into work at a certain time, you leave work at a certain time. Like everything is pretty much laid out for you. And Mm -hmm. when you get out, it's just kind of like, yeah, do whatever the hell you want. Like you want to, you want to wake up at this time? Cool. If you don't, then don't. And you know, do, do whatever. And it, it's very unstructured. And, and I think a lot of people, especially uh, you know, veterans who are just getting out struggle with that uh, quite a bit um, and, in that lack of structure, um,
1: yeah, know, that, that, yeah, was, that comes from there. I, I 100% agree. It was, um, because you're kind of left to your own vices and you're kind of left to your own, uh, your own will, you know, your own free will, mm-hmm. but even in the military throughout your time in the military, even guys that were in guard that did, you know, one week in a month and two weeks in the summer and even guys that deployed, you, you know, it, <clears throat> excuse me, for the lack of better words, it's like, even if you're in a rut, if you feel like you're distracted by something, no matter what, there's always somebody there to kind of gut check you and say no matter what's happening in your life, you got to think about the mission. Mm-hmm. And you're, you really have to push a lot of things away personally. And then when you get out into the regular world, you realize that there's very few people in your life now that can go ahead and tell you that, hey, think about the mission because now it's like it's a whole other mission. And you, you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with, um, you know, frustration and aggravation, because obviously, it's kind of probably a love hate relationship, most of the times coming out of the military. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, you're dealing with aggravation of civilian world and the way the world works. And a lot of times I think guys, well, at least me, personally, what my struggle was, was that I, would, I was, like, pointing the finger out a lot and just saying, you know, this is wrong, you guys are wrong, like, this is wrong, wrong, wrong. And I think it came to a point where I kind of matured, and uh, I started saying, hold on a minute, like, this is a way I had to think in order to do certain jobs and perform a certain task. Like, this is – and that was one phase in my life. So it was almost like a, a growing up period. It was like I really had to – I mean, you've seen pictures of me recently—a beard and hair—and <laughs> I really You're definitely to, not the
0: clean-cut guy that you were. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. But I definitely had to like uh, completely like divest myself and just kind of like let go of all inhibitions and just open my mind more. And as soon as that started to happen, you, you started realizing that like there is actually a life outside of the military. Like these people aren't wrong. Or these, you know, this ideal isn't wrong or anything like that. It's just different. That was yeah. where I would say the biggest mindset is in the military when we were in is what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. We're now in the civilian world. It's like there is different and then there's different. You know what I mean? Right. Like there is no real right or wrong. If somebody, you know, if a, really with anything. Um, and I mean, it was just, that was one of my biggest struggles right there was just dealing with pointing the finger out instead of looking in and seeing what had mm-hmm. to be fixed within me. Right.
0: And and the strange thing too, and I, I've talked about this with, with some other people before too, is that we all were civilians at one point. You know, we mm-hmm. all came from a place where we had no military background. We had no uh basic training drilled into us we had none of that that stuff really drilled into us and then all of a sudden we come out of the military and it's like a whole new world that we feel like we've never seen before but you know mm-hmm. however long you were in you know whether it was five years or ten years 20 years whatever it is mm-hmm. it like if you look back that far like you used to live that way you used to live in that same civilian world where you you didn't have the military background that, that you're so used to right now. So it, it's a like you said, it's kind of looking in yourself and kind of uh, uh, re centering or refocusing, whatever you want to call it to, to get yourself back to that time that you were uh, uh, not saying like, go forget about all your experience or whatever, but, but kind of get yourself back into that, that mindset of uh, you know, how, how you lived your life before. Um, and, and take some of the good from your military experience and and carry that along, uh, you know, with you as well, you know, some of the discipline Mm -hmm. and, and other, other things like that. Um, you know, but, but definitely that is not a, um, you know, and especially to anyone who's listening, you're, you're not alone with that. Like, like that is definitely a, a big, um, a common issue that, that people are, people do have. And I wish I had a better answer in terms of like, how, how do you get over that? Um, but maybe, maybe you do, maybe you have a, uh, you know, something that you've uh, you've done to kind of help yourself, you know, work, work through some of those issues or, or, or anything like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I, what I, honestly, what happened with me was um, probably about mm, three and a half years ago, um, I was on a lot of medications, you know, uh, coming out of the VA immediately when I um, ETS out of service. And I had gotten contacted by the VA. And at that time, you know, I wasn't too good with my diet. I was depressed really bad. You know, I had a lot of emotions carrying on from, you know, years and years of baggage. And I got a phone call one day from the doctor. And um, the doctor pretty much told me that Um, my blood level there, I had levels in my blood that were so high that I could have a stroke at any moment. Oh gosh. I mean, like the doctor pretty much said, I've only had to call two patients ever in my 27 year career, um, to yell at them like this, but whatever you're doing, you need to stop. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I mean, I just kind of looked at myself and I said, you know what? Like, I, I have to figure this out because like. At that point, I had my kids um, and I was going through a lot of depression, a lot of just a lot of stuff that everybody goes through. I don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but um, no, sure. <clears throat> but uh, I really had to go ahead and give myself a gut check and I started looking at a healthier way of life. I, I stopped taking a lot of medications that were prescribed to me, you know, for, at that time, I was diagnosed at right right around my ETS with diabetes and um, a whole host of other ailments, and I just kind of gave up the pharmaceuticals and I got on a really good strict regimen of dieting, and I started working out again in martial arts. Um, I had previous martial arts um, experience, and mm-hmm. I started training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and just that was kind of the foundation. And one month turned into two months, you know, really watching, focusing my diet, not drinking, um, just really watching what I was doing health wise and really getting into it and really dropping all the pharmaceuticals. And it was just each month I kept feeling better and better and better. I I kept sleeping better. And then what I started doing was I started doing small things that would like chin check me in the morning. So like even now on my phone at uh, seven o'clock every single morning, uh, oh, (laughs) 700, I have a alarm set that says, be grateful for five things in your life. Okay. Um, I started changing my attitude. I started looking at my attitude instead of more like a fatalistic attitude, like, you know. Because we can become very cynical, you know, through experiences, mm-hmm. going overseas, you know, especially some some listeners out there I know that have been deployed probably, you know, seven, eight times. You know, that's a lot, man. And you get real cynical of the world because of your experiences, unfortunately. And that's mm-hmm. no fault to you. And that's no fault to the world either. Um,
0: yeah, in a way, yeah. I think that that's actually a like a coping mechanism to to some extent, you know, with with all the um you know the the bad stuff that you see when you're when you're deployed and, and that you go through and experience um the, the cynicism is almost a way to kind of cope with that and almost in a way maybe not not make it so real you know so you're not like normally you would you would probably be so you know down and, and depressed by seeing all the, all of this bad stuff but if you are you know, have a more cynical attitude. Maybe it, maybe it protects you in a way. I, I'm not sure, you
1: know? Yeah. I, I, I fully believe it because the thing is, is that when you suffer amounts of trauma, when you know, trauma, when you suffer trauma period, I mean, your body goes into a natural protective state and you're mm-hmm. going to figure out how to like grow tough skin because you don't want to feel vulnerable because you're not ready to deal with that trauma yet. So, right. I mean, that, that, and when I had the phone call from the doctor, that was the gut check. And I really had to let go of like a lot of the cynicism I had and just really just have pop, more of a positive outlook on life. More like I switch. I changed my mission. That, that's exactly mm-hmm. the way I, I look at it. I changed my mission. and I, re, I refocused my purpose. A lot of guys that I've spoken to personally, when they come out, a lot of them are like, hey, man, I feel like I, you know I don't have a purpose or whatever but in reality it's like we all have a purpose. It doesn't matter whether you're purposing one friend, you mm-hmm. know, or whether you're a, you know, whether you're a janitor, whether you're a, you know, sports cast announcer, whatever. You like you have a purpose. And that and as soon as I actually started telling myself that and it, it, I started coming out of the funk now, trust me, Scott. It's it's peaks and valleys. You know what yep. I mean like it's never I'm I'm not sitting here telling you that it's all sunshine and roses because I do have my bouts you know but the more you become aware that hey man I've been through some stuff I really got to deal with that and I really got to deal with why I'm acting the way I'm acting I really got to deal with why I feel the way I feel I really got to deal with you know just how I am and the thing is is that through that through that deep dive into that, you know whether however you want to do it, whether via it therapy, whether via mm-hmm. you know just coping with a friend, wh- whatever method you choose, you know, healthy wise. Now, let me let me just caveat that healthy, right? Um, But the, but you you really have to come back to finding who you really are through all that. You know what I mean? And and, you, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, you got to work through all that stuff. You yeah, know, and as soon as you do absolutely. that, you can go and and as soon as you go ahead and forgive yourself and say you know what it's all right that i can be angry every once in a while because i think like for me every time i would get angry or every time i would get frustrated it almost seemed like i was getting even more frustrated that i couldn't calm down
0: right yeah it would almost be like a jet fuel yeah it's it's like an endless cycle like like you're you're angry over this one thing and then you're angry that you can't calm down and then that because you're not coming down, it's, you're getting more angry and, and you just keep on cycling through that. And it, it, it's definitely not a uh, helpful situation.
1: uh, Yeah. And and like internal dialogue would be like, why am I letting this beat me? This, this, and that Mm -hmm. like almost taking like a, you know, a very brute stance to it. When I started changing my mindset and saying, Steve, it's okay to be angry right now, man. It's all right. And just take five minutes and be angry. Like, dude, I swear, as soon as I started focusing it, like, it's all right that this is happening. Instead of trying to fight it, it almost became easier to let it go. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, it's just been now, I mean, things that would go ahead and send me into a a world of poopville would <laughs> now I just kind of brush off. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I, I pick and choose my battles. Now, like I said, it's peaks and valleys, but I'm sure it's it's tough. It's tough at times, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's probably, you know, the the longer you, you kind of stay this course, it's probably easier to get out of those valleys than it, than it was way back when, you know, when, when you were first, maybe when you first got out, um, you know, when you were getting into these valleys and it was almost like you're down, you know, in, in this huge deep trench and you just weren't able to, to climb back out and, or, or if you were, you were, you were slipping uh, along the way. So it maybe took you a little bit longer, uh, to, to get out. Um, you know, and I so I I read a book uh, a couple months ago. It's called Atomic Habits, and it this kind of goes along the lines of what you were talking about. Um, in terms of make making these little changes, and it, it's stuff that doesn't change necessarily overnight, but you know, changing your your attitude towards how you you know perceive things that you're maybe getting angry at or or whatever. Um, th- those little tiny changes that you make, maybe it's your you're changing your attitude towards this one little thing that's, that's getting you angry. And then the next day you change your attitude towards something else. And, and you're not making wholesale changes right off the bat, but you're making these little tiny changes. And and eventually those changes become habit and, and it makes it that much easier to cope with whatever the, the issues are that, that you're having. Um, you know, as you go through, because it's now just how you deal with things, you know, mm-hmm. it comes part absolutely. of, part of who you are and what you're, how, how you identify with yourself. Basically uh, it's, absolutely. I'm not the type of, I'm not the type of person who, who flips their lid over this thing that, that, you know, used to get me upset, um, the type of person who now, uh, you know, sees it for what it is and yeah, it sucks, but you know, I'll, I'll be mad about it for, you know, a couple minutes and then I'll, I'll move on because I realize that it's not all that important.
1: Absolutely. And I I mean, the best part about that too, is like that kind of thought now that progressive thinking, it's like you put your, your character into that, your true character, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I think another big struggle I had coming out too was lack of compassion, period. Mm-hmm. I think just, sure. <laughs> I don't think there's any more going into that What her definition. It's just compassion. <laughs> it was not there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, and I, I completely can relate to that as well. I, I feel like I, I might have struggled a little bit with that as, as, as well. Um, you know, going through that. Um, so, well, I know, uh, I know you've been up to a few different things uh, going on, and I think some of these things um, we haven't really talked about this. So I'm, I'm taking a leap here with my assumptions, and I could be totally off. But I think some of these things might kind of fall in line fall in line with some of the stuff that you were talking about in terms of um, the activities that you might have been doing to kind of help you out with you know getting through some of, some of these issues. Um, but recently, I saw um, your. You're involved with some, uh, with a yoga studio. So you're doing some, uh, stuff at that, that studio. Are, are you, uh, w- you want to talk a little bit about that and how that, that might kind of play into?
1: Absolutely. Um, j- just to, just to backtrack a little bit, I have made mention of doing, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now. I've been yep. doing it, like I said, since, pretty much since I got that news. So roughly about three and a half years going now. And, um, I had suffered a back injury probably about a year into it, and um, it was it was recommended to me by the doctor that to get into more movement, into more stretching. So at that point, I had um, started watching some YouTube videos on some yoga, and I was you know doing it in the living room. I'm like, I'm gonna give this a shot, and I started to notice improvements virtually immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, this is interesting. So I started taking a couple, you know, um community classes here and there. And then I just kind of fell in love with it. And at that point, like by sheer happenstance, um a co-worker of my a colleague of my wife, um, at work, who's affiliated with the yoga school that is um that i have now am alumni of. Um she even me mentioned to her, saying, "Hey, have you know, have you ever had Steve try out yoga? Because Melanie's made mention to her before about you know my trauma and dealing with such and so on." Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was doing jujitsu, but it was almost like it was working, but it was like there still needed—it was like you had a chili going on, but it still needed that little bit of something going.
0: <laughs> so, I like that analogy. Uh,
1: it was the best, like. And, and I'll go into why jiu for me later on What is very, very, I, I feel personally um, pivotal for veterans especially. But okay. um, at that moment, um, she had gone ahead and suggested that. Anyway, long, uh, long story forward, I went to this um, open house, and it was at West Hartford Yoga in Connecticut. And I sat in a circle, and everybody kind of just gave their story of, like, you know, why they were there and introduced themselves a little bit and they were panning out pamphlets and you know the course was a six month long course. You have to dedicate one weekend each month. And it's to really dive into learning how to instruct yoga not only instruct yoga, but a lot of the philosophy behind yoga and a lot of the teachings and the ways and the mindsets. Now I wouldn't even say mindsets, but the opinions just, just a lot of different writings and so on and so forth. So I realized how much it actually costs. And uh, I was like, whoa, okay. So I got to figure something out. And then my wife came up with the idea, hey, why don't you try having, you know, your federal benefits for your GI Bill? Because we, we have the um, yeah. Post 911 GI Bill. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. So I uh, I contacted the VA, I, I gave them the program, and long story short, um, now a year and a half later, I graduated that school. I was the first veteran to go through that school and help pioneer a way for veterans to use their federal benefits going through to be yoga instructors. Um, it opened my eyes to a lot, um, like I said, about compassion and about a positive way of thinking. Um and it helped me health-wise, like blood flow, all the little aches and pains. And I know a lot of probably listeners are probably <laughs> suffering from as we speak. You know, if you're adjusting yourself in the chair, you know, your lower back, you know, if you have yeah. problems with your knees, so whatever. All the way up to GI issues, Scott. I, I, kid, you, yeah. I kid you not. Um, doing yoga has taken my life and just kind of put it over the over the saddle for me. And, um, and it, probably just, helped. I, it probably I'm helps, it probably helps,
0: you know, like mentally too, it, to, in terms of like, not being like, I, I can't believe my back is hurting or my knees are hurting my, you know, whatever is hurting, you know, like, I, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm not this 65 year old guy that, or, you know, 70 year old guy or whatever that is, you know, Going, going to just expect to have all these aches and pains at at that point. You know, you're you're young enough. You shouldn't be having all those kind of aches and pains, and that probably takes a toll mentally on you as well. But you know, now that that things are um, improving for you in, in terms of the physical health, it probably improves the mental health as well.
1: Oh, a thousandfold! And I mean, what what's great about both yoga, and Brazilian jiu jitsu is that both practices put you in a very cathartic state because you have you force yourself to have to live in the moment, you know what i mean? And mm-hmm. that's a lot of what we have to do in the military. You have to live for the moment. Like no matter what's going on at home, no matter what's going on in your financial life, your love life, your social life, if you're on mission, like it none of that matters. Yep. And you have to have a focus at the on the moment. Mm-hmm. And Th- those are my healthy releases for that. And it still trains my brain and it still makes me feel that. But now also with yoga combined with it, the thinking of yoga now is instead of just, you know, getting upset about things that aren't in your control, like just mm-hmm. accepting things that are in your control. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like like you were saying before, you know, you, you blow your top for something, you know, before that now you would just look at it and accept exactly except for what it is and just say, hey, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, let's say you back into a guy's car, you know, two months after getting home from Afghanistan, you're going to flip out and you're going to be, you know, (laughs) holy creeps. You know, this is ridiculous. You know, now you're just going to back up and say, damn, that sucks. Well, good thing I got insurance. I'm gonna take a picture of it. It's all set. <laughs> right you know? exactly
0: yeah yeah and that's a much healthier way uh you know from a mental health anyways uh perspective much, much healthier way to deal with it and instead of just completely flipping out on on whatever it is you know
1: absolutely it's it's just it feels better
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it does um and let's talk music condition zero what you want to talk a little bit about that or
1: ah yes sir i do um awesome. If you guys want to follow us, we're at, at Condition Zero Metal on Instagram. Um, you can follow us there. I just had to put that plug. Thanks, Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, these four guys that I'm with in this band, it's a melodic metalcore band. Um, I am the vocalist, and um, these four guys that I'm with, um, we really believe in our story our way. Um, these guys are probably. One of the other reasons why I'm still living and I'm still here, these guys help me get through a lot, you know, and they encourage an artistic side. And going back to readings, you know, of Sheng Tzu and the art of war and so on and so forth, most warriors going throughout history, up until the modern warrior now, the modern modern day American army warrior or service warrior, period. Um, there's a lot of history of warrior poets and I kind of just, while I was in yoga, I did a lot of writings because a lot of my assignments in yoga had to do a lot of reflection of your life and have to do a lot of writings on that. And, um, I just, I continued that writing and project now we were in a project before when I was, uh, it was called Venom Morris and, um, I filled in for the lead singer and that project had ended, and then we had started this project, and um, we've been at it. We released in December, and it's a great ride. It allows me and allows these guys to just be who we want to be on stage. And then I think that's kind of like the the cake topper. It's like, boom. Mm-hmm. It's like I allow myself to just be what I want to be in the moment. And yeah. if, if you're noticing the pattern of all three of them, it's in the moment. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff going around, you know, I got two kids, I'm married, I got a career, you know what I mean? To get bills, the dog, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> way, all this it's stuff life. plays on you. It's, it's just life. <laughs> exactly. And so. I think, um, to be perfectly honest with you, through all that, like, these four guys, man, they're so pinnacle of me being here in my life. That's awesome. Um, I love every one of them. And to be honest with you, they're close. they're as close to me as the guys were in the military for me. You know what I mean? And and none of them are vets either. And Mm -hmm. it's just, they, we ride together and we have our ups and our downs as any band would. But Mm -hmm. you know what, dude, we are the genuine brotherly love there. And uh, all that brings it back to, it have, for me, I had to really, in order to live in these moments, I really had to push other moments away after I dealt with them. Um, right. I, I still go through therapy now. Um, it's 100% healthy. I have no shame in saying that I go through therapy. Sometimes I, I attend, you know, more than one session a week. And if that's what's needed to be done, then so be it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Then it's okay to go ahead and let that, those feelings out. I think a lot of times being, being in the military, we get so macho and we, and we beat our chest so much that like, we forget that, there are healthy ways to release this and talking and, you know, there's no need to be tough anymore when you get out, you know, what, do yeah. you, what, what are you going to hold the front line of your front front yard? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: like stay off the grass.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like you're going to be out there with your hose and you know, what a, a, a rake, stay away, Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, exactly. Like there's a time and a place for where we were, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and and I, I I it echoes in my head constantly. The movie We Were Soldiers Once and Young. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yes, we were soldiers once and young. We were young. We had our purpose there. Now we have a new purpose. What I encourage people is like, if you feel like you don't have a direction, trust me, it's there. Um, yeah. You just have to go ahead and repurpose your thought. That's all you have mm-hmm. to do. You just got to go ahead and say you really got to come to terms. I think that was the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles to coming to terms. I, I am no longer in the military. Yeah. I am no longer in the world's most destructive and most powerful fighting force. Like, where you do don't I go? do need to be that guy. Exactly. Like, you don't need to be that person anymore, and that's yeah. okay. So, that's forgiveness. Yeah. Like, it's all right. Like, but make no mistake, like, so it's still find healthy outlets. Still train if you need to train. Still, you know, boxing, martial arts. Um, if you like to go shooting, fine. You know what I mean? Whatever helps mm-hmm. you, skill sharp, fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But just remember, though, you're, that purpose that you're doing that for is to just fulfill that need. It's not a purpose anymore. Your purpose is, you know, whatever it is that you're meant to be. You yeah. know, if like I said, you can be a janitor, have a purpose. But yeah, you you just got to figure out what your purpose is, man, and you just have to accept it and just know that you're <laughs> you're awesome. I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I I got you there. Um, all right, one last question before we wrap this up. Um sure. I like to ask this to everyone uh, that I have on the show, um, and and you can a- answer this however you want. You can you know if you want to lighten things up with a joke or you want to be serious, whatever. It's, it's cool. However you want to answer it. There's no wrong answer here. So the question is, is there anything that you wish someone would have told you before you joined the military? Hmm. Any kind of advice or things like that, that, that you could have taken through your, your career or, or whatever.
1: Oh man, that's a tough one. Cause for as much as I probably would have told myself that it's going to suck a lot more than it's awesome. Yeah. I would have told my, I would have gave myself the 99% to one The <laughs> I was given this. I was given this speech by captain Steve McQueenie at the time. And, uh, we were cold as F leaning against, I don't know if I could swear on the, podcast. yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Well, It, it was cold as fuck. <laughs> like, I couldn't feel my feet and he gave me this speech and the speech like rings through and through to me. It's a 99% to one realize that 99% of the time the military is going to fucking suck. It is. You're getting up at four o'clock in the fucking morning. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Like you're walking to one place to be there at 6am not to move until 11am. Why? I don't know. Um, (laughs) You have to burn shit, like <laughs> yeah, like you're getting yelled at, like you <laughs> it fucking sucks. You're away from home, like you're sharing a porta potty, you know, or you're 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 in an open area pooping right next to your best friend or whatever. You're farting, you guys are joking, everybody's making fun of each other. There's guys fighting. All that shit sucks. Yeah, but. At one point or another, when you're in the army, you're going to go ahead, especially like when you're around 18 or 19 years old and you're going to be in a helicopter and you're going to be like, I cannot believe I'm getting paid for this shit.
0: I know. I remember I was in basic training and we were doing the 50 cal range and I was sitting there and I was rocking away and I was like, I can't believe they're actually paying me right now to sit here and like just shoot a machine gun down a range and just start like destroying some stuff. Oh uh, that, that was like the greatest time.
1: It, absolutely. You know. Like in, in that specklet of time, all that yeah. shit burning, fart smelling, yeah. joke cracking, fight fist fight, having all that bullshit didn't matter. No, you know what I mean? And it's that moment in time. It's the same way. Like, you know, you finally get overseas for those listeners who have been over to the box before. Um, when you finally get over there and especially like, all of us have been there if you get into it. Um, mm-hmm. None of that shit matters that you just had to spend the last three days inventorying a vehicle or getting the com- comms right in the fucking trucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> or dealing with the fact that there's big-ass camel spiders in the fucking bathrooms and you don't want to go take a shit. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you forget about that. You forget about every bit of that. And for that moment, it's like all of it was worth it. So all that 99% yep. bullshit to 1% awesomeness. Just remember, but that 1% awesomeness is really fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is what I, what I can tell my younger self is take a lot of the takeaways from the 1% instead of focusing on the
0: 99%. There you go. Yeah, so focus on the good. And and not, that's without and
1: that, throughout life. Period. Yeah,
0: that and that's awesome. That's that is an awesome takeaway to to have uh, for for that, um, and and great advice. You know, to anyone who might be listening, who is uh, you know about to join the military or early enough on, on in, in their career, um, that's that's great advice to have. That you know, it's going to suck a lot, and I I can attest to that as well. It, it does suck <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that what's not just like your personal experience. It does suck a lot. But it sucks. There is there is some good in there, you know, uh, you're gonna, and you'll find the good and, and focus on that. Remember those things and, uh, you know, move on from there, you know, and, and kind of just let the other crap just kind of roll off. So, all right. Well, it looks like we're coming up on time here, uh, for this episode, but, um, thank you again for, for joining me and, and sharing your story and, and, and everything else that we, we talked about today. That was, that was really great. And I'm going to have links to, uh, all the stuff that we talked about in the show notes. Um, uh, you know, to, so anyone who's looking for, for resources or whatever, um, I'll have links to all that in the show notes. And, uh, and so thank you again.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. It was an honor to be on the show. If there's any of our brothers that we were with listening, man, I love every one of you guys. Don't feel free to reach out, man. Um, and all the listeners, man, just remember there's always hope. And uh, yeah, drive on, man. Mission is a awesome. purpose. All
0: right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Drive On Podcast. If you want to check out more episodes or learn more about the show, you can visit our website, driveonpodcast.com, or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drive On Podcast.